Today on the newscast, Russia doubles down on its accusation that Israel is supporting neo-Nazis. Are we seeing relations between these two countries unravel in real time, and are there prophetic implications? Find out next. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We are following up today on a very important story, the unraveling of relations between Israel and Russia in real time before our very eyes. Now, we hit on this on yesterday's newscast. If you missed it, you can check it out here in our archives. We've got new developments, but before we dig into it, some quick background. This all kicked off on Sunday, May 1st, when Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov gave an interview to Italian TV in which he claimed a few things. He was responding, number one, to questions about Russia's continued claim that they are in Ukraine uh, to destroy a neo-Nazi government. They've said that uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, who is Jewish, who's had family members perish in the Holocaust, is actually a Nazi who is working hand-in-glove with neo-Nazis. Zelensky also has other Jewish members of his cabinet, but nevertheless, Putin's regime, including Lavrov, continue to maintain that these are Nazis. Lavrov was pressed on this, and he responded by saying a few things. Number one, basically, it doesn't matter if Zelensky is a Jew, he's still a Nazi. He said, look at Hitler. Lavrov said that he believes Hitler was Jewish. Now, this is an unfounded claim that's been tossed around for decades that Hitler was actually a Jew. Lavrov put it out there. Number two, he said that Jews are the worst anti-Semites, essentially placing blame for the Holocaust at the feet of the Jewish people. Needless to say, Israeli government officials were outraged, as we detailed on yesterday's newscast, from Foreign Minister Yair Lapid to Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, they are demanding an apology and a retraction. Lapid called it uh, unforgivable, Lavrov's comments. Now, this kind of simmered overnight. Uh, the Israeli foreign ministry called the Russian ambassador to Israel, basically called him into the principal's office, so to speak, and dressed him down and made their displeasure clear. But we're waiting, and we're seeing how the foreign ministry of Russia responds, how Lavrov responds, perhaps even Vladimir Putin himself, well, folks, we have our response, and uh, it is not an apology, and certainly I did not expect apologies. Vladimir Putin doesn't do apologies, as we've seen very clearly over the past few months, but what came out of Russia's foreign ministry today in response was even worse than I expected. Not only a non-apology, but doubling down and then some on Lavrov's comments. Listen to this. I'm going to read it straight off my phone so I do not misquote. Number one, they said explicitly, and I quote, the current Israeli government supports the neo-Nazi regime in Kiev. That's a statement and a direct quote from the Russian foreign ministry. Now, folks, I don't know if you can say anything more offensive to a Jew, certainly to an Israeli, than accusing them of supporting neo-Nazis. That's exactly what the Russian regime is doing right now in this statement. It goes on to cite, in their words, examples of cooperation between Jews and the Nazis during the Holocaust and some Jews who, quote, are remembered for absolutely monstrous deeds during the Holocaust. I don't know where things go from here, folks. 
Israel has not yet responded as I come to you around noon Eastern time on Tuesday, May 3rd. They have not yet responded to this Russian foreign ministry statement. I expect that they eventually will. And by the time you watch this, they just may have. It will not be a polite response, I would think. And what we are seeing, as I mentioned at the top, is an unraveling, which I called months ago. I saw this happening. The Russia-Ukraine war only hastened it. It really began in September 2015 when Russian troops entered Syria at Israel's doorstep and decided to openly collaborate with Israel's worst enemies. I'm talking the Iranian regime, Hezbollah, and the Assad regime in Syria, three of Israel's worst enemies at least. And by the way, Hamas leaders recently talked to Sergei Lavrov, the aforementioned foreign minister as well. So you can throw four, possibly Israel's four greatest enemies in the mix who have warm relations with Russia. And then Russia comes in again uh, into Syria and things became very tenuous because Israel, of course, as we've laid out many times here in the newscast, must have freedom of operation in Syria to strike Iran and Hezbollah weapons, shipments, and stockpiles that are being stockpiled in Syria for use against Israel. So Israel quite wisely has preemptively struck uh, many of these weapons depots, shipments, and transfers that are transiting through Syria on their way to, number one, Lebanon, into the hands of Hezbollah at Israel's doorstep as well, but also closer and closer to the Israel-Syria border near the Golan Heights, where Iran is determined to establish a beachhead and essentially duplicate what they have done in southern Lebanon. This is a red line for Israel, no doubt, as well as those precision-guided missiles that Iran is so desperately trying to smuggle or transit into Lebanon. They would be a game changer. Israel says no way. So what we've had is hundreds of Israeli airstrikes and surface-to-surface -surface missile strikes against Iranian assets inside Syria, assets inside Syria over the past few years. And Russia has stood back and watched this. They have this so-called deconfliction mechanism where Israeli and Russian officials are in constant contact. I assume Israel gives Russia a heads up before they're going to strike Iran in Syria. But Russia has allowed Israel to operate freely in Syrian airspace. And that has been crucial for Israel's national security. Clearly, that may be on the road to changing, folks. I warned about this long before. Uh, Russia and Ukraine and the war there strained relations between Russia and Israel. Russian officials, at least back to the summertime, Russian military officials, diplomats, have been slamming Israel over its actions in Syria. And that's no surprise because, look, again, Russia is closely aligned with Bashar al-Assad, the Syrian dictator, as well as Iran and Hezbollah. Russian soldiers fighting shoulder to shoulder with these radical Islamic forces from Iran and Hezbollah over the past few years. And they've been aligned with the Assad regime from Bashar Assad to his father for decades since the Soviet days. So you have to think that Russia is losing patience with Israel over this. And then you have Iran and Assad certainly in Putin's ear saying, hey, why are you allowing this? We're your friends, we're your allies, and you're allowing Israel to essentially embarrass us and weaken us militarily. How long will Vladimir Putin allow this to continue? We had Benjamin Netanyahu, the former Israeli prime minister, spend 
A lot of time in Moscow, make frequent visits to meet face-to-face with Putin. Naftali Bennett, the current prime minister, has met with Putin face-to-face a few times as well, trying to keep relations cordial and stable. But the combination of the Syria situation and now Ukraine, where Israel has walked a fine line, as we've laid out here in the newscast, uh, but now they are essentially being forced to take a side. Of course, the prophetic implications. We talked about this on yesterday's newscast, and we've been hitting on this more and more over the past few months. The War of Gog and Magog, as laid out in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 38 and 39, seems to suggest that Russia will lead a latter-days confederation of nations against Israel. I believe a great betrayal is coming uh, from Russia to Israel, or I should say against Israel. Israeli leaders have said, hey, we have this deconfliction mechanism. It's all going to work out, but I believe that is going to turn. Maybe it's under Vladimir Putin. Maybe it's a few years down the road under another Russian leader, but that day is coming. It will be a great betrayal. And the good news in all of this is that God Almighty, in this war of Gog and Magog, shows his face like he hasn't in 2,000 years to the world for all to see. And those invading forces coming against Israel fall. They meet their demise on the mountains of Israel. Remember, God Almighty still sits on the throne. Hey, our final say today, we have a Watchman Newscast live stream this Thursday, May, let's see, is that May 5th? Wow, time is flying, May 5th already, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time here on the channel. Be sure to check it out, join us live, and bring your questions for our Q&A session. Until tomorrow, thanks so much for joining us here in the Watchman Newscast. God bless you, and remember, Never hold your peace.